Welcome to Next Level Healing. I'm your host, Dr. Tara Perry. For 25 years, I've helped professionals, first responders, celebrities, Olympians, teachers, moms, dads, and people just like you achieve their results better and faster than they thought possible. This is where measurable modern science meets the quantum. We're so glad you're here. Let's dive right in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Next Level Healing. I'm your host, Dr. Tara Perry. I am so excited to have my guest today. She is a star in the area of quantum jumps. Uh, her name is Cynthia Sue Larson. She's the best-selling author of many books, including Quantum Jumps, Reality Shifts, The High Energy Money. Uh, she has a degree in physics from UC Berkeley and an MBA degree, a doctor of divinity, and a second degree black belt in Cook Sul One. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yes. She is the founder of Reality Shifters the first president of the International Mandala Effect Conference, managing director of Foundations of Mind, and creator and host of Living the Quantum Dream podcast, something that we're all very interested in, anybody that's dove into uh, the quantum area. Um, she has been featured in numerous shows, including Gaia, The History Channel, Coast to Coast AM, One World with Deepak Chopra, and the BBC. She reminds us to ask ourselves in every situation, how good can it get? Subscribe to her monthly e-zine at www.realityshifters.com. Welcome, Cynthia Sue Larson. Uh, thank you, Tara. I really love the warm introduction and welcome. Much appreciated. I was so deeply impressed when I read that uh, you had submitted your book to Larry Dossie, who um dislikes people throwing around the word quantum because if it's used willy-nilly, we really don't um, appreciate the gravity of what we're really talking about. Um, so you submitted to it to him, not necessarily for permission, but just to get his feedback. And he was um, blown away at how, um, what a great job you had done. So um, take us back in time to where you first realized uh, that this quantum field exists um, and it's not just a theoretical thing, but it's something that we can really use to enhance the quality of our lives. Well, that started in the mid-1990s for me when I had a kundalini awakening, which is just this rush of energy flowing through the body and then it um, exacerbates <laughs> pre-existing um, paranormal tendencies that a person might have, mind matter interaction stuff, all kinds of things happened. So for me, it took five years to integrate that. And then around the time that was wrapping up, I realized that I um, needed to share the information I was finding with this quantum connection with mind-matter interaction. And that's actually around the time I first met Dr. Larry Dossey. And um, I was seeking an endorsement for the first book about this subject matter, which was Reality Shifts, When Consciousness Changes the Physical World. And I, I, I used that terminology, reality shifts. Publishers were asking, what is this? It was before What the Bleep Do We Know, the film with, um, <laughs> I think you've seen that. It's wonderful. Starring, uh, of course, uh, Dr. Quantum, you know, who's wonderful. Uh, that's Dr. Fred Allen Wolf. Um, but going back to the Larry Dossey thing and what's going on with all that, uh, and, and my realization that this is a quantum phenomenon, I, I do have a background in physics from UC Berkeley, and I loved quantum physics. I loved a lot of the stuff that, like Albert Einstein referred to spooky action at a distance, referring to entanglement. And I was noticing with a lot of the things that uh, happened much more obviously, and to such a degree I could no longer try to dismiss or ignore them, would be this reality shift phenomenon that was happening where things would appear and disappear transform, transport. There would be healings, spontaneous remissions, healing people, healing things, and um, and also changes in the experience of time. So all of that stuff was happening. A tremendous increase in synchronicity, um, just a phenomenal connect, feeling of connection with the universe, that there's incredible dynamic conversation happening all the time. And um, I just couldn't help but notice there's a quantum connection here. So when I first talked to Dr. Larry Dossie, that's when he really was clear, like, gosh, I hope this isn't another book about quantum. I said, it is, but it's called something different. That was reality shifts. And then many years later, I thought, I just going to, I have to 
put this word quantum in it. I tried not to, but I need to be specific. <laughs> Let's talk about quantum jumps. And at that point, Larry said, sure. But I think obviously his concern always was just the misuse or overuse of terminology without properly recognizing the scientific basis by which we've come to know and love quantum science. So I do my best to to respect would that. you would you tell us about the kundalini awakening because yeah. i've also experienced that it's uh you know <laughs> when it happens it's really undeniable it's it's powerful powerful energy um and of course it you know if people have ever seen that medical symbol where that that snake is wrapping up that it, uh Caduceus. The, yeah. mm -hmm. would you talk about the significance of that symbol sure. and and how this happened for you and what doors that opened you know um uh, I've experienced people in the past, I mean, people have come to see me as an acupuncturist that had that energy get stuck and needed help getting it out. Um, I also had people come to me uh, doing what I do now, which is helping people connect to what's going on in their subconscious mind. And one was a doctor who couldn't work because she wasn't able to work through that Kundalini energy. And it was spectacular the way that it, it resolved with the session. Um, but I, I really would love to hear from you. You know, what was that experience like for you? Um, uh Maybe speak to how people get stuck with that and, and need some assistance. Uh, I needed assistance yes. kind of un unraveling it. And fortunately, God put right in my path the exact right person at the exact. I was like one in a billion shot. But that's how the quantum works, isn't it? Absolutely. Hey, guys, studies are showing that 68 percent of people that watch podcasts regularly don't click the subscribe button. Do me a huge favor. If you like this content, click subscribe so other people know where to go for the cool stuff. Thank you. Yeah, for me, I got a preview six months beforehand that something was about to shift for me before the Kundalini awakening. Uh, it was just, uh, it wasn't anything dramatic. Well, it was, I felt it. It felt like I was oversleeping, like I was awake, but I wasn't awake. And that went on from spring of the year that the Kundalini awakened in me uh, all the way through the fall when it finally did spring forth and just started. It was this feeling of energy rising which also came with um, sudden connection with um, a, a tremendously heightened sense of high sense perception in just about every area. So I do have some connection to guides, well, certainly now, but before that it wasn't nearly as clear as it became in this process, which was a good thing. So I had some sort of um, interdimensional support, uh, which all felt like a little bit like maybe I'm going crazy because it... Um, you may wonder why would that happen? Well, you've been through it, but um, <laughs> I'll talk about the normal stuff first. The normal things would be I'd go to sleep, I'd close my eyes and it got brighter when my eyes were shut than when they were open. I felt like I was blinded by light because I was feeling this energy flowing through me. Every single molecule in my body seemed like it was activated and lit up. I felt like this energy to power a small city was running through me. And it just didn't stop. It just started. And I was like, okay, well, this will go for a while. No, it didn't just go for a while. It roared through. And so I try to sleep through it at night. And this is the stuff that's kind of normal. In sleeping, I would notice that I would wake up and look at my digital clock every night for two weeks, every night. No exceptions. 111, 222, 333, 444, and 555. That was, I think I'm stubborn. So part of my experience, it, it gives you what you need. So for me, it's like, okay, this is happening. And then, then it really got weird. I mean, that, that to me was the normal part. <laughs> the weird part, oh my gosh. I mean, the, the sort of semi-normal parts of the weird part were just spontaneously astral traveling and just like going whoosh and just um, first I'd get 360 degree of vision around my body with my eyes shut. It's like I'm rising up out of my body. I can see everything. And then I could just go whoosh. Well, I'd see the squirrel in the tree. I'd see things there's no way I could see. I'd know things. There's no way I could know. I'd be instantly connecting with all sorts of people I cared about. And there was a bit of a panic on one of those first astral flights. Like, oh my gosh, what's going on? I'm awake. And this, I usually do this when I sleep, but I'm awake. Um, so it was really sort of a blending of the waking, sleeping while really feeling lucid in the experience. And thank God for the guidance because then I'd get support. But then it got really weird. I mean, because it got super multidimensional. <laughs> And so the guidance was helping me through that part where I met, um, you know, beings that were helping me that were sort of ninth dimensional beings. Um, but also in regular daily life, I had things to do. I had places to go. In fact, I'd been invited to give a talk to hundreds of people. In the middle of all this, 
when I felt like, and, and the phase of this experience at that point was like, well, today your spirit's not in your body. I mean, every day was like a new adventure and like, oh, great. So this is the day my spirit's not in my body. I feel like a monkey, sort of like a puppet thing. And I'm giving a talk. And I'm like, oh, this will be good. Oh, my gosh. And it turned out it works great. But it, the whole thing was just a process of trusting and realizing that I'm, like I said, I'm stubborn. I think if you're a stubborn, stubborn's a good thing in some ways. But I think my stubbornness may help to me hit some really weird stuff. Oh, and then I left out things hitting the window when there's no wind that my husband saw. Stones and sticks just hitting windows on the house. That was the night I was going to give the talk. So I was especially ungrounded, freaked out, feeling like, how is this going to work? And then my daughter... What do you think that was? My own angst. Um, it was... Hmm. It, um, I've had, I've since had things... Like I've had doors slam when, when I'm alone in the house and nobody's slamming doors. I'm on the phone like, hold on a second, let me check. Like, okay, the door that slammed couldn't have slammed because it's dead bolted. I've heard things roll under my bed when there's nothing. I really weird stuff. I've seen things jump on furniture, like the mattress of the bed, leaving huge impressions with my eyes closed, third eye vision. I see it's this giant impossible rat with, when my eyes are open. It's, it's, it's just a depression in the bed. I've had things lift my arms up. I mean, I've had really weird stuff. Again, I'm stubborn. So I think, I think the stubbornness factor, <laughs> you're like, that's crazy. Yeah, I know. Did you invite the kundalini awakening or did it just spontaneously happen? Uh, since I was five or maybe younger, maybe around then, I wanted to know the true nature of reality. Eh. So, yeah, d did I invite it in? Sure. And then earlier that year, <laughs> when you look back, like, oh, I guess I did that. <sighs> yeah. And then in 1994, the spring, when I felt like I'd overslept, I, that was what that was letting me know for six months. Like, you feel like you overslept, prepping me for it. So it was a tremendous buildup to it for me and then a huge crash in just a couple of super intense weeks and then five years to process, really. And then after that, I've received phone calls. Uh, well, after that and before, I, it's very interesting. Yeah, I, I needed to do this work also as a life coach and helping people, spiritual life coach, but I felt embarrassed about hanging out the shingle and, and I kept telling my guides, yeah, 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 I'll do that. It was super procrastinating for these five years. And I thought it was so clever. I'll get to that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, they're clever too. So they <laughs> they had people call my unlisted phone number asking, can you talk to my guides, my angels? And I'm not lying. I don't know who they are, but I'm like, yes. Like, And then how did you get this number? They didn't know I had a website. They would just get the phone number. Um, these were, and they, and they got the number from their angels. And I, it's, it's this cahoots <laughs> thing. I know. And then also I got phone numbers. I mean, I got phone calls to the unlisted phone number from people having kundalini crises in the middle of it. I had several of those. And it would, all, it would always proceed the same way. I'd feel like, go sit by the phone, which I just about never do. Okay, meditate. I'm meditating. I'm in a perfect zone. Phone rings. Like, okay, it's someone. Like, I just never do this. Pick it up. And then they don't introduce themselves because they're in the thick of something crazy. And they need help. It's an emergency, you know. And I just walk them through it. And that, so that's the intelligence of this whole experience. I think it's important to point, you know about it, but for people who have never been through it, it's so much bigger than any of us. And it's wild. I'd love to talk about some of the uh, science catching up to this. You mentioned in your book that uh, two thirds of physicists now understand that there's like multiple realities. Um, can you speak to that? Yes. Uh, specifically, the question posed to the physicists was, do you... Would you agree that we live in a superposition of states? That means everyone. That's, that's like you and me and everyone and everything. And two-thirds of the physicists at this conference agreed, yeah, that sounds right. You know, that's a huge statement for our cutting-edge scientists and physicists to be agreeing with. And I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting one of our top world scientists, Dr. Yasunori Nomura, and he's not mentioned in my 2013 book. I told him in person, sorry about that. But honestly, you did not exist when I wrote this book. And he, he didn't get, he knew exactly what I was talking about. He said, yes. Um, and he lectures at UC Berkeley. He wrote a paper with Dr. Alan Guth, who won the $1 million prize for his work on the um, inflationary theory about the beginning of the Big Bang and all of that super rapid inflationary process. So this is a top level physicist. I think the top level scientists are aware or at least open to these ideas. And as we start looking at more of the simulation type theories, then this starts taking on um, 
real significance. <laughs> I love um, also what's um, Joe Spenza loves to says that science is the modern day language of mysticism, and it's to me it's so exciting when you have all these am- amazing concepts that actually start getting born out in in veridical um, uh, experiences and, and studies. Um, Mark Gober also writes a lot about that in his book, um, An End to Upside Down Thinking. He shows that, uh, you know, consciousness is not located in the brain and he does it with all these amazing scientific studies that are, you know, have p-values out to the one in a billion and beyond. So what are some of the the actual studies um, um, or, or research that you're aware of that that can sort of bridge uh, Newtonian physics to this new world that um, we're all very intrigued with and excited by because it has real benefits for us. Certainly does. Um, well, I mentioned the movie, What the Bleep Do We Know? So if people haven't seen it, that's a great starting point for the, just just to get your feet wet and kind of get a sense of the, what are we talking about here? This idea of many possible parallel realities, for example. It seems like it's a key concept. This is, again, the superposition of states. So, um, Drops in terms of, uh, I love movies is because they share stories and that one has a good story. So that's why I'm recommending that. Um, you can find this in a lot of our modern day, you know, box office hits and big, big box movies, even from Hollywood, because the ideas are getting so um, tantalizing and they are being recognized by scientists that we are living in sort of this, what mystics would have called a dream and what, now, this computer with the computer science that we have, we would refer to it as a simulation. I, I like the dream word better because it seems like it's not constrained by technology of the moment. Technology du jour. So <laughs> the simulation, it conjures an idea that there's someone programming something somewhere. Um, but I like, there's a book by Rizwan Verk that came out where he's written several books and he's an MIT scientist who loves um, also the work of uh, the Yogananda teachings, which are all about yoga. And that's where I think the answers really are going to be coming from for the future is br- bringing together these concepts of the intrinsic energy that we have. So we know that consciousness is not just in the neurons in the brain, not just in the neurons in the heart, not even just the neurons in the gut, but there's something bigger going on. And that's um, and this these teachings from the ancient um you know, yogi practices are quite extraordinary. Rizwan Verk is fascinated with his computer science background in the multiverse. So he writes about that and he's extraordinary. Highly recommend what he's doing. And it is available and understandable to um, just anybody from regular walks of life. So you don't need to have a physics background. Then Autobiography of a Yogi is one of my favorite books. And uh, clearly he was tapped into the quantum and as we were talking about just before we got on the call, Joe Dispenza is doing a, a stellar job of uh, documenting what's happening inside of our bodies. Um, in your book, you talk about the health benefits of this. In your own situation, you um, tell us about your asthma experience where you, you know, tapped into the quantum to to solve that issue. And yes, well, I've had a number of health experiences, but the asthma definitely was a remarkable one where... There have been a number of times with asthma where I've had severe difficulty breathing and um, just knowing that it's possible to to calm down, to um, change one's energy level, realize that you can jump into a healing state. So want, leave the state behind where your breathing is shutting down and everything is closing up and move into one where everything's relaxing and just feeling like the lungs are opening up and there's no problem with breathing. So these sorts of healing shifts I've done for many different various issues. And I think it's good to have these experiences. The most recent was long COVID, um, sort of quantum jumping out of that um, with um, learning a lot about the various aspects of health and healing along the way. But So when you were in the yoga class having a, a very scary asthma attack, what exactly did you do? It's been a while now, but I remember... Usually there's a panicky feeling with asthma. It's just that sort of that feeling of um, like, oh my gosh, everything's shutting down. And it can get to the point if, if it's happened to people, then they know it's it's not just the breathing, but you can't really talk. It's like suddenly it's just this 
horrific feeling. Like it's very isolating, even if you're surrounded by people. Um, like how are they going to know what's going on? So, um, so there's that panic. And then I realized, wait a minute, I, I, I know that just because I'm panicking, I can switch out of the panic. I can um, do the opposite of, you know, it seems normal to go into the panic mode. But if you do the opposite and you just realize, I'm just going to slow this breathing down, you know, just slow down everything. Slow down thinking, slow down breathing, not worry about the surroundings, not worry about passing out, falling over, not being able to talk or breathe. I mean, these things flash through your mind, of course, but then realizing, okay, I need to first start by just calm ground, slow the breathing down, and recognize that there is always this how good can it get kind of an opportunity. I love that invitation to the universe. That's why I say it so often. How good can it get? So it's that feeling, even if the words aren't there, how good can it get? Which which can seem quite um, strange and almost counterintuitive, like you're having a medical emergency. It's not the time to ask how good can it get? Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> it's always a good time, but now especially. And so that how good can it get moment and then just suddenly feeling access to this tremendous, I can't find any other word for it, just a wave of that energy, which feels a lot like the Kundalini energy. It's like like maybe, it's as if previously I'd had it shut off without meaning to. And then by this invitation, like, okay, I'm ready for this quantum jump, for this how good can it get? And just sensing like, ah, here's the energy. And with the energy, then there's no problem. It's, it's kind of like you almost instantaneously sense everything's fine. And so for people that haven't experienced this energy, again, I don't know how to convey it. I'm feeling it as I talk about it. So if you're high sense perceptive, you'll feel it too. And then it's just this rush, this Kundalini rush coming through and then everything's fine. And it was, it's completely fine. It's like I went from asthma attack of a serious nature coming on unavoidable, nothing to do, panic, like, uh-oh, going down to wave of energy and everything's fine. And it's, I think the main key to it is really the, intention and attention and awareness and obviously if you've had it this kundalini energy we're talking about of course that helps and long covid would have been like a totally opposite thing so you you know one's a, uh, an acute situation long covid is a chronic situation how did you tap into this healing modality when you were in that situation yeah, that was a different story entirely. Also, I was one of the original gangsters, the OG. <laughs> Try to find humor in the whole thing. Yeah, January 2020, before it was even in the United States, I had what was untestable at the time. I did. It just seemed like a really bad cold, but I got over it. Except then, um, I, all these symptoms began. First a few, then a dozen, then dozens, then hundreds. And in that year, of course, that was the beginning of lockdowns and so forth. People were told, don't come into the hospital unless you're dying. Well, I wasn't dying. I just aged 30 years overnight. I'm falling into walls. I'm falling down. My, my body doesn't support me. There's brain fog. I can't think clearly. I'm actually pretty much any symptom, symptoms I've never had before. Teeth feeling loose, weird stuff, vision problems, hearing problems, which of course would contribute to balance problems, falling down, can't stay awake, um, all sorts of things. Um, I um, strange neuropathies, like stabbing, shooting pains, vibrating parts of my body. Um, you name it, pretty much it felt like I had it. Hair falling out. That was a turning point when the hair started falling out. It's kind of funny, but when that happened, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. No, 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 no. <laughs> and I thought, I'm going to research this. I'm going to start typing in, even though I can barely think, I'm going to go to Google Scholar, type in symptoms, find the groupings of the patterns, start looking for what is this? What would this grouping be? and then working the Rubik's Cube. So I'm doing that with my rational analytical left brain. Meanwhile, my right brain knows, keep asking how good can it get, keep, um, and, and tune into my intuition, listen to that, because it doesn't seem like there's any co cogent um, path out of this. So by listening to intuition, then I was resetting my uh, autonomic and, uh, nervous system and you know just lying down three times a day for a few minutes and just completely allowing myself to relax and access that straight pure energy three times a day, five minutes a day, breathing slowly, rocking gently, rolling left to then rolling right while I'm just allowing myself, this is my healing time. I now accept complete healing. And I'd get in uh, further instructions and information like, okay, take 90 days, no heat, 
no stress. That means don't let anything. And this is with my phone was ringing with, we have a fire emergency, prepare to evacuate. Okay, ignore that. <laughs> and then they're panicking about long COVID, you can die. Like, yeah, I've got long COVID. I'm not going to die. It's okay. So ignoring everything, ignore the stress. And there's a lot of it. <laughs> okay. And we had red sunsets and sunrises in California. It was horrific. It looked like the end of times. Ignore that. So, um, so no stress, no exertion, no heat. Those three things, 90 days. My guides assured me I would be free from this. And, and indeed, that was true. And then I did other things, lots of other things. And I have a video on YouTube that are just some tips um, for if people are looking for how to move through it. And I wrote a song about it, which is all about just breathing and you know, just relaxing. Just So when you talk about how good can it get, um, what, what was the biggest gift from all of that? Because it seems to me that when people look back on challenging times, there usually is a great big gift in there. And oh my gosh, yes. I think the biggest one is just breaking free from the modern medical paradigm and recognizing that there are some extraordinary things we can do with ex just completely natural ways of returning our body to full um, balance and, and just to levels that we didn't even know were possible. And the roots of most of our diseases are completely treatable on these very simple basic, beautiful levels, just working with nature. And that's exactly what I did. And it, you might think of it as like, oh, this sounds like longevity science. If I told you more details, yeah, it is. But that why is this being hidden from us? Does it need to be? Uh, I, I had mentioned Mark Gober in a previous interview. And and by the way, his uh, his interview on, on upside down medicine is coming up next. Uh, oh, perfect. Somewhere in the next few weeks. So and, and what I love, it's it's that same line of thinking. It's like, because he was a summa cum laude from graduate from Princeton. Uh, he was also on Buddha at the Gas Pump, as were you. And uh, that's how I found out about Buddha at the Gas Pump <laughs> was through him. But, you know, he ended up working on Wall Street and he wasn't happy because he was a materialist. So yeah. he ended up uh, getting into this kind of, you know, delicious, gooey, you know, what are we all here doing? What is this matrix that connects us all? You know, what is this consciousness thing? And when he found out that the science behind it, like you have been disseminating, is more solid than what we've been told is, you know, so solid. <laughs> um, uh, you know, he's like, well, why aren't they teaching this at Princeton, you know, or any of the major colleges or, you know, any of the major institutions? And um, yes, I, I just you're singing to my soul because I, I feel like my whole life's calling has been, you know, when I was doing my practice in, in Southern California, my whole goal was like, how do you give power back to the person? That's exciting. Um, seeing somebody free and, and able to be a sovereign being is so, so, so exciting. It's super wonderful. And then to reverse out longstanding chronic health conditions, which have I've helped members of the family, my family and friends. And you know, just I just told this is working for me. I'm not a medical practitioner, but I can certainly say I've learned a lot of things with this long COVID experience and, and oh my gosh, it's useful. And then it's such a joy to see them go for their medical appointments and their doctors be just like dumbstruck. Like you are off your steroids, you're off of this, you're off of that. You're doing better. How is this even possible? And oh my gosh. I, I love it. I just worked with somebody who had back pain for 40 years and he had done everything, everything, everything. And, you know, we just went into subconscious rewired what means wiring and like 80% of the pain is gone in 30 days. It's like, why aren't they doing this? Yes. <laughs> Gosh, yes. So, so let's talk about some of the um, uh, science that's out on there. You talk about Clive Baxter and the plants and yes. I love uh, him and you for sharing his information, but he actually wired up, he, he worked for the CIA at one point. He wired up plants and did all these beautiful experiments. Um, tell us about that and how it informs us about this energy soup that we're all in and and our our unconscious um, uh, connection and 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 programming that we have with um, our fellow beings here on planet Earth. Yes. Oh, I'm so such a fan of Cleve Baxter. Got to meet him in real life. I had a photo of me with him, and it's a regular camera, but it came out like an aura photo of the two of us glowing. I'd love to see it. Oh, my gosh. I'll have to email it to you. I'll Please. send it. Yeah. Anyway, I love his work. His most recent book, he's passed on now, but it's Primary Perception, which I highly recommend. And I think you'll love it if you haven't read it. And then, of course, he was in Secret Life of Plants, which is that book that came out that was so popular, such a big hit many decades ago. 
Um, but primary, either one of the books are great. I think Primary Perception is a slim paperback volume. People would love it if they love you, what you're, you and I are talking about. And in it, he describes the work that he did, starting with basically lie detection equipment um, and using that hooked up to plants, which he was then able to uh, recognize there's a lot of lots going on with plants. They can recognize when someone enters the room who's um, kind to plants or a plant murderer and so on and so forth. Uh, in his book, Primary Perception, he goes on further and talks about cell scrapings from inside someone's mouth being entangled with that person when they're in a different room. And there's no wires, no, no rigging. There's no mechanism. There's no neurons. So how can that be happening? I mean, the, the work, so the cells oh. from the mouth are are, are responding according yes. to how the owner, yes. uh, the the originator or the the I don't know the host of those cells. Yes, I mean that's that's just crazy. And and yes. I mean it, it's not once you start living and breathing this stuff, but to to a quant to a Newtonian physics uh, based person, that's that's crazy. It's different than the materialist paradigm, that's for sure. So of course I'm a big fan of Cleve's work. <laughs> I was like, yes, gosh, I love it. And, and he did so many other wonderful experiments with all sorts of life forms, just showing variations of these experiments where there can be a separation, but there's still a connection, um, where certain individuals that you wouldn't know, like, um, I, I can't remember all the, all the stuff he covers in the book, but it's huge. Just I think at one point he had yogurt and he puts uh, penicillin in the yogurt and the yogurt yes. freaks out because it kills all yes. you know, bacteria, good and bad. It does. And there's something similar in the drain where he was cleaning the drain and, and various organisms in the room were panicking. Like there's a mass, there's a disturbance in the force. You know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> like something's being killed. This isn't good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and his plant, when it was wired up and he was going to go burn a portion of the plant and the plant freaks out. Yes. I mean, what a what an awareness. Uh, oh, and then he did one with kombucha. Yes. Uh, which is which has got lots of live, you know, today in holistic medicine or any Western doctor that's dialed into this, you know, it's super important to have a healthy microbiome in your gut. And they're always recommending probiotics. Well, kombucha's got the probiotics. And then... Um, they did an experiment with the probiotics that they, what, I don't know, thought something horrible about the, they were going to do it to it or or something. How did they rig that experiment? Do you remember? It's been a while since I've read the details, so I don't want to misstate it, but you're right. It was extraordinary. Just like all the of... The bacteria in the kombucha freaks out because of this experiment yes. that they had set up. So then we have to ask yeah. ourselves, well, when we're thinking bad thoughts, how is that directly impacting our microbiome? Powerfully. But we can turn that around by asking how good can it get, of course, by blessing our own home, blessing our family. You know, all the things that we might think that's so old fashioned. Why would you say a blessing before a meal? It's a very good thing to do. And it blesses you. It blesses the food. It blesses everyone. Blessings are powerful. And what is a blessing? It's just kind words, loving words, bringing kindness and love back into your life, into your home. And suddenly you're opening yourself up to that beautiful energy capable of providing each and every one of us with the creative um, force to begin with. And then sustenance, nourishment, inspiration, protection, guidance, everything good that we could possibly hope for. So this is the key. Is we, and we can do that. It's up to us. The words that come out of our mouths, the thoughts that we're thinking before we say them. So it's a process. It's a journey. But you can become... Uh, a scientist, if you wish, just notice which days that you say things like, how good can it get? Notice how that day, how did it proceed? What happened? And then compare it to a day where somehow that didn't happen, which might be the norm for you right now. Notice just how things suddenly seem to start going better out of nowhere and amazing coincidences, synchronicities can occur. And you're, just, you're opening yourself up to that positive energy. Another um, wonderful scientist that you um, document is Rupert Sheldrake's works with plant with pets, and um, and this is a great example of how this stuff doesn't make it into the mainstream. It's actually ignored or or lied about, unfortunately, because yes. it doesn't fit the paradigm. But he did, I believe, over five hundred experiments with with uh, pets recognizing their owners coming home, and um, really did a great job of it. And then some other scientists came along and. Um, refuted it, but only looked at like four animal experiments. And, and that was the one that got published in, in and then they, then years later, they write a retraction, but nobody reads the retraction. They only read the one that, yeah. you know, said it wasn't real in the first place. So 
one has to dig if one wants to get this real information. Rupert Sheldrake is a genius at coming up with experiments, like um, people who know when they're being stared at. And his experimental designs are recognized and well-respected by some of the top scientists in the, in the field, such as Dr. Dean Radin at Institute of Noetic Sciences. And he's a big fan of Rupert Sheldrake and me too, because the work that Rupert's doing is priceless. And who thinks to design these things? Rupert Sheldrake does, and he does a beautiful job. They are reproducible experiments. And so if people have quibbles with it, well, do some experiments, check it out. And I haven't seen any um, refutations that seem like they held water to me. I haven't yet seen anything that was saying that Sheldrake's work is off the mark in any way. He, he's yeah, it's very he all he, the scientific standards were were fantastic. Yeah, um, and Mark Gober goes into great detail about all these people who went into, um, you know, spent all the time to create a um, a scientific study that really um, holds up. Um, so. The benefits that people get from from dialing up this connection to the quantum, um, can we uh, go over some of the areas in people's lives? I mean, I oh, can't yes. imagine any area doesn't uh, get better. But <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. It pretty much covers every area from relationships in your family, your loved ones. In quantum jumps, I've got some simple things. I, I love to include little simple practical things we can do. Just like if you're feeling depressed, I have a pen here. It's clean. So... One ex example in the book is you can just put this in your mouth and and just turn the corners of your mouth up if you're having like a bad day. I know it sounds so corny, like, well, this can't do anything, but it does. And it's been proven to do something. And this is by even some materialist scientists have to admit something's going on here. Why would it be that your body does something like smiling or you're laughing, even though you're feeling like I'm so sad, so depressed, but you're smiling, you're laughing. How is it that then you pass, you know, quantifiable tests proving that your mood definitely has been adjusted in an upward direction toward being happier? It's, uh, these scientists want to check everything out. So when they do these studies, they're not taking people's word for it. They could. People are saying like, yeah, I'm a bit happier. But they do. They, they actually check to see, are you scoring things differently? Are you answering differently on questions than you would? Because that's a very telling source of information for that. And then, of course, all the other areas that you can posit, like you said, every area of life, your weight, your health, um, your, your work, um, you know, just, just every, anything and everything, uh, financial success, everything. Tell us some stories of people that you've worked with that have made quantum leaps, um, you know, people that may have not believed this was possible and they started applying it in their life. And then, oh, my goodness, they... Wow, stuff started happening. I hear I hear a lot from people that read my newsletter on the Reality Shifters website. Tons of experiences where they just go through. They they just want to read the newsletters, and then I've got all the firsthand reports on the Air Stories section. So it's just people's firsthand reports of what they're noticing. Quite a few of them have to do with healing or just money miracles. But just the fact that these things are happening, it does something wonderful for people because it's happening around the world, and then. That's where their minds start opening up. And I had a good experience with a gentleman at a workshop that I taught in Long Island, uh, just outside of New York. And it was right after that terrible Hurricane Sandy had gone through. So I was talking to a workshop full of people who were traumatized. It was like PTSD from what they'd been through. And it was the storm was bad enough, and then they had to deal with FEMA. Not going to go into it, but it, it was difficult. So um, they were very shell-shocked, but I was talking about quantum jumping, and this one individual was dealing with a cancer diagnosis at the time. And so, you know, when you're going through one thing, it seems like it's everything hits at once. And this gentleman was quite well-versed in the ideas of meditation and positivity, but just with the series of events that had occurred, he'd sort of gotten a little bit into a downward spiral, but the workshop buoyed him back up again. I was telling firsthand reports of people who had miraculously, basically, completely healed, made a complete quantum jump from broken bones to healthy cancer to no cancer, you know, tumors to no tumors, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and after hearing all of that, then he, and I said, he was kept asking questions. He got more and more excited in the workshop. Like, can I, can I just take a jump, like a jump in the elevator and jump into a new reality? I said, absolutely. That's perfect. You'll be taking that energy that you're feeling and I just you can smile and just feel the joy, like, this is going to be great. I'm going to jump into the reality. 
where I'm fine. And he did that when he was going in for some of those, you know, how doctors are, they want to do the checkpoints. How are we doing now? So he was jumping in the elevator like a kid. You know, you can do it in private in the elevator if you're alone. And then he gets to the appointment. <laughs> or if you don't mind being embarrassed. I know. <laughs> I'm jumping into my new reality. To pay no attention to me. <laughs> Knowing him, he might have done it in public. I don't know. But it was possible to do this in the elevator. And obviously, it was a wonderful success. And the cancer was completely gone. But that's partly the energy of it. So the energy that you feel is part of the quantum physics of making a quantum jump, which originally came from the term of, if you remember those those little models of an atom with the in the nucleus, you've got the the neutron, right, and then and and um, buzzing around is the electron, which is negatively charged. So, uh, so, if we focus on the electron, that's where the the term quantum jump came from. They used to talk about shell energy shells, and so the, when I went to school, there were little shells showing. It, it turns out it's a little blurrier than that, but the idea is still kind of similar. And the deeper they go, the blurrier it gets. Yes. <laughs> And then all of a sudden you get down, you're in you're, you're 99.9999% empty space. And yes. it's like, wait a minute, that's kind of not what I'm perceiving. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then and then the more you try to know about one thing, the less you know about another. And you can't, it doesn't even exist unless there's an observer. I mean, it gets really weird. Right. But in the 1980s, as I mentioned in Quantum Jumps, my book, you can they were able to see with the naked eye the quantum jump of a little electron making that jump. So what it you know, when it has a reaction and it gives off energy, so it's going to a slightly lower state, poof, flash of light can appear. And, and the, the naked eye can see that. And that was remarkable. So we can see a quantum jump now, thanks to quantum computers and moving, getting ready for those. We're getting to see a lot of the stuff they said we'd never see. And they kept poo-pooing and denying it, saying, oh, you can never have quantum phenomena occurring above the Planck scale of the, what, you, what you're referring to, the very, very small. Like, okay, when it gets down there, that's the quantum realm. What happens in the quantum realm stays in the quantum realm. Well, not so fast. <laughs> no, not, indeed, not at all. It, it, it's quite untrue because uh, even if you just look at the time quality of quantum phenomena, um, the fact that a decision in the future can affect the past, which we know is true, is proven experimentally, that means. Can you mention some of those experiments? Because some of these experiments are, are you are understandable, and some of them get rather. I know. Thank you. Okay. Let's let's start with the most classic experiment in quantum physics, which is the double slit experiment. It's classic because it's elegant. It only consists uh, at its fundamental core. Then it there are very few requirements of what's involved. There's one photon emitter, a quantum particle emitter, capable of sending out one photon at a time. So there's the emitter. There's the double slit device. It's like a screen with two slits, little two doorways. And then there's the screen where the little double, uh, the photon emitter sends a photon, goes through the slits and hits the screen. The fourth piece of the equipment to the apparatus is the observer, which um, plays the role of either a person or you can have an observational device that a person then reviews. So those are the four components. And because it's so simple, for, a fit, for an experiment, that's simple. Like, look, only four things. Yay. Okay. Okay, now it starts getting interesting. Because <laughs> if people have heard about this and they don't know why is it so important, it's important. This experiment became important, first of all, because it started to show the, the wave-particle duality of the quantum photon. So if you're sending out one photon at a time, and you've got, you choose to put the little observational device inside of a slit so you can tell, like, which slit is it going through. And then you've got a screen, uh, the photon, it's, it's, it's almost like it knows that it's being tracked. And so it's going to act like it's throwing little paintballs that are going to go right through the slits and then land on the screen. It's sort of a splatter pattern that looks like the shape of the door, the slit. So that's what happens if you put the observational device there. If it's just the observer looking at it and just looking at the screen, and you don't put the device to, to determine which slit did the photon go through. Then what happens, one little, one little photon at a time goes through, and, and it doesn't look that remarkable at first, but if you keep sending one, one, one at a time, you'll end up with a diffraction pattern that makes it look like you threw, it's similar to throwing two pebbles in a pond, and then they, um, they, the water ripples, and you get constructive and destructive interference, and it looks like, looks like you see lines of constructive and destructive interference when you're sending one photon at a time. 
So this is just the basic quantum uh, double slit experiment. Getting into the um, the 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 time part, that's a whole different thing. But and it's important because what does it tell us about our reality? It tells us quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, just this one part so far is telling us. It, it's implying. It doesn't exactly tell us, but there's an implication which is hard to miss. That depending on where you're placing your observational focus, you're going to absolutely change what you see. And so th this experiment has been, it's so elegant because it's been replicated in lots of different ways. Um, so, th so there's my favorite way, which came out just a few years ago in 2019. But I want to talk about the time one first. <laughs> okay, the time variation would be, what if you don't say what you're going to do and you, you make a decision in the future as to how you decide to measure this whole business? Um, that future decision actually affects what you see. Um, so they've done um, lots of experiments showing that, which is a t it's, it's a mind blower because then it means, so what I decide in the future is going to be what happens here. How can that even happen? But it does. And, and haven't they done studies where they've gone back and prayed for sick individuals in, in the past or the future? I mean, the, the studies are so fascinating and, and the implications are, are mind-blowingly exciting. Um, and, and this idea that there can be multiple realities. So if it's almost like you get to do it over again. So if you look back on your life and you're like, oh my gosh, I could have done that better. I mean, you can just kind of go back in your mind and, and do it better, right? And then you're kind of creating a different forward going reality. Yeah, you can change things at any point. You can change, we can have hope for the past, basically. And the studies, um, the, the, if people want to look that up, I'd recommend read Dr. Larry's book, or like Real Medicine. All his books okay. are first rate. Or right. Maybe it was Future Medicine. I think it's Real Magic. Re, um, that's Dean Radin. Okay. Also a good book. Yep. Um, I'm talking about Larry Dossie. And so and if, uh, his books are really fantastic. Um, maybe it's Reinventing Medicine. I can't remember the title, but it's it's, the, it's Larry Dossie's book with medicine in the title. He is a medical okay. doctor, and he does talk about exactly that, that people are praying for people in the past, and that is what our medicine should be aware of and should be teaching so doctors know about this, and everybody should know about it. It should be part of our education going to school. Like, you can have thoughts and prayers, and it's not some laugh, some joke. It's real. It absolutely has a profound difference, and you could actually pray for people in the past. That works too, and so it's not too late. It's it's never too late. It's um, this is a very powerful idea. It's hard to even and what would overemphasize be, it for yeah. for our listeners uh, tuning in. Uh, what would be like one, two, or three things they could start doing immediately that would start to shift things in their life? And and I know a, a key. Uh, um, takeaway from that is just being aware of what's shifting yeah. in your life as you implement these things. I think listen to the show again if the ideas are new. Rewind, start, re watch it a second time and take notes because sometimes the first time we're listening, we're just, it's the first time it soaks in. The second time might be whoa, this got deep. So pay attention. Um, they can check out my newsletter at realityshifters.com. It does have a lot of back issues and those firsthand reports, which are wonderful. Uh, so these are free things. It doesn't have to cost anything. Just um, so keeping that open mind is powerful. And then the biggest thing in addition to that that I would totally recommend if, if I was going to recommend three things would be uh, realize that you're living in a participatory universe. Only ask questions and only think questions. Start retraining yourself so that you're asking the questions and you're thinking the thoughts that you would like to live the answers to. And, I, and make sure that the question has positivity built into it, like the magic question you're asking people, how good can it get? Because that, that has positivity baked into it. Oh, yeah. You can throw that one And into so anything. many questions that we're asking subconsciously have negativity built into them, like, how am I going to get through this day? You know, what am I going to say to that person I don't like at the office? All of that has negativity built into it. Um, so, you know, by by creating a question that that has positivity built into it, you 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 inject positivity in your life. Absolutely. And, it, and you can <laughs> add how good can it get and then put in whatever you think you want to know. Because sometimes people haven't yet trained that part of their mind to stay in that onward and upward direction. Our culture, our modern cultures, usually doesn't support this. It's They'll make fun of it, like that's Pollyanna, that's too cheerful. I have a funny story about that because I'm just so positive. But once I came to a planning meeting for... A group, I won't name what group it was, but there were people 
we were meeting at a restaurant and for for a change, I just felt like, wow, you guys are right. The world's the terrible things are happening out there. And and it could hear a pin drop. There was silence. They all look at me. They're like, oh, no, Cynthia, you're not going to go that way. And I thought about it. I thought, they're right. I'm going to lean into radical optimism. <laughs> like, okay, this does look terrible. And I do see what just happened here. And you know what? I'm going to be my usual positive self. And they all look so relieved. But it, we don't need me to be carrying the whole thing. We can all take this on. You know, we can raise the possibility of what's available for all of us. This can be a win-win-win world. We don't need to fe- ever feel like just because someone else is doing well, we won't. That's not true. So if you're ever feeling like, I don't want to wish well for other people, do it anyway, you know, but start with yourself. It's okay to start with you. How good can it get for me? That's fine. And uh, eventually you'll probably work up to wishing well for everyone. Uh, to me, that's it's, the only it, direction you know it goes. It's free and the dividends are amazing. Yes. <laughs> And what's the alternative? It, I mean, the alternative, it kind of sucks. <laughs> I don't want to know the alternative. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just back on that radical optimism path. Fantastic. So um, her uh, e-zine is realityshifters.com. It's free. Um, nothing truly does uplift our consciousness um, as seeing so many people embrace uh, these concepts and apply them and, and have uh, beautiful shifts go on in their life. Um, uh, it's, it's like the guy that ran the four minute mile, you know, as soon as one person does it, the next person looks and says, well, I could do that if that person could do it. And, um, it, it truly is. It's from, from any walk of life. It's never too late, um, to start applying these principles and start the wheels going in the direction that you want. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us here today, folks. If you got value from this, please click like, and subscribe. We're here with Cynthia Sue Larson. She's got all kinds of fabulous books that she reads on Audible, which I love it when the author reads. Uh, She's the author of uh, Quantum Jumps, Reality Shift, uh, High Energy Money. She teaches people how to attract into their life through the quantum field that which they are seeking. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you, Tara. It's been such a pleasure. Love it. Love you. Bye, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Next Level Healing. Please like, subscribe, and let us know how this helped you. How can it be even more life-changing? We love hearing from you. And if you're eager to upgrade your life, click the button here or go to consultterra.com and get your free customized GPS map. Get the coordinates for where you are now and where you want to go. Clients consistently report it's faster and easier than they thought possible. Remember, you were meant for more, and it is available to you. See you right here next week for our next episode.